I just want you to know that without naming it, it's already happening around you. Like it's already, when you walk into a room, it's there and it can help the mind to have words. It can help the business for the marketing, the storytelling, but don't be so stressed out because you have gifts that you're using, even if you're not aware of what they are. You're listening to the Every Day is a Breakthrough podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Hummel. I'm here to invite you into living your most alive and aligned life possible. On this podcast, I'll be holding the mirror for your deepest truths and desires and giving you the permission and the power to not only follow your dreams, but to walk with firm trust in all of who you are and everything that you do. So if you're somebody who's here to live out your life's purpose and you're the kind of person who gets after it no matter what, this show is for you and I hope that you get the absolute most out of listening. Before we jump into today's episode today, I wanted to let you guys know that Exponential Alignment, my group coaching program all about stepping into your purpose and your highest alignment in life is now open for enrollment. So if you've been listening to these episodes and you're really feeling like you would love to be supported for three months to get really clear about what it is that you want for yourself to do all the work in your nervous system and have these conversations so that you can actually start to understand yourself and really create not only a life you love, but a life that you're obsessed with. Exponential Alignment is the invitation for you. It is a three-month container to be held in your highest expansion in your life, your business, or your career. And of course, if you're an entrepreneur and you're growing or scaling your business and you want extra support on that, you can add the VIP upgrade and have me on your team for three months by your side to sparkle and support in the business side of things while you build or scale your business. I am so excited to be opening this again. It is already partially way full, which is crazy to say. So if this is something that you've been wanting for yourself and you've been listening to this and feeling inspired and you really want to dive in and create your own story around this and really see what's possible for you, EA is open and I would love to meet you and support you inside of there. So you can find the link in the show notes and you can either sign up or book a call directly with me and we can chat about it. Enjoy today's episode. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here and I'm really, really excited for today's show. I have somebody very special and amazing on Yana Robinson, who is one of my mentors and an incredible, incredible human. I don't really have your bio in front of me, but I'm just going to say <laughs> say who you are to me um, in a little bit of what you've done. I know you've written, you, you can tell me if I'm wrong, you are an author of two books. I know the one which we'll talk about in a little bit is actually how I found out about you. So You've written two books. You're a poet, an author, 
a mentor for women, a surfer, and really just when I think about you, you're just someone who tells it like it is and really live in your own flavor in life. So really excited to have you on. That was better than any bio I could have written. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, I would just love to give the lay of the land. So I am at home. I think I've been at home in every episode so far. No, one I filmed in Colorado, but I'm at home in my house in LA and you're in San Diego or Encinitas. I'm actually in Cardiff by the sea, but I feel like Encinitas is more on the map. But if for anyone who lives in Southern California, there is something sweet about one exit on a highway and I live on that one exit on a highway. So yes. Amazing. Um, I love, I love it down there. And I think I love working with you and being on these calls with you because I feel like I get a little bit of that part of the world just from just from being on with you. But I always love to start these episodes with how we met. And it's funny because you're probably like, well, you just signed up for one of my programs <laughs> at some point. I probably came in um, through Instagram. But I remember when I was living in Vermont um, in the house that I owned in Vermont, I found you on Instagram through something about your book and the for the women who don't give a fuck poetry book that you wrote. And I wasn't a huge Instagram person at the time, which was funny in the beginning of when I started coaching and started doing all this stuff. I think I had four posts on Instagram and they were like the really bad Instagram posts, like people who don't have Instagram and you're like, what do I post? But I found you through something and I found your book and I bought it and I've never bought a poetry book ever. And I don't usually buy books. I read them on Audible, but I bought your book and I had it in my initial memory of you. is just standing in my bathroom in Vermont because that's where I kept my books. And I just remember seeing your book and feeling some sort of like permission or connection or something from you because I really saw, you know, I've seen a lot of people in the world like sort of doing kind of the work that I do or, and I never really saw that much resonance in anybody else. And I, I just have this early memory of looking at your book and just feeling like connected to you. And that was the beginning and of course I ended up working with you a couple of times but that is my early Yana memory somatic in the body I'm in yeah. the, what part of the house was it in it was in my bathroom which was off the kitchen and a few steps up because I lived in this old weird house so it's just like yellow <laughs> it actually gives me like a uh, to think about it but it was a few steps up from my kitchen mm, I love that well my work either like the title of my book either repels people or they feel that. So I'm glad that you felt that. <laughs> yeah. I actually remember too, I had it earlier before that house and I just kind of like toted it around with me. I don't know if I read read it like right away. <laughs> Maybe I read a little bit, but something about it. I was like, yeah, it hit me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that we got to to connect in that initial way. I had a woman once say to me, before I read your book, I didn't even know that being a woman like that was on the menu. Mm -hmm. Like I needed to know that that was on the menu. 
I love that. <laughs> so good. I feel like I knew it was on the menu, but there wasn't permission to put it like in the world menu. Like it was yeah. on my menu at home. And that that's what I think is really cool is that I felt I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. But how much permission did I have to actually be successful or professional with that was a different story. Which you really gave me that. Totally. And the thing that's ironic is I think we all have those really bold, audacious, honest parts. We just compartmentalize them. Mm -hmm. And that was an interesting experience of doing corporate last week because I was like, I don't need to compartmentalize any of these parts because in certain settings in our lives or in family systems, we're told to keep parts of who we are in a box but we all have them. They're just in little boxes. So I think a a large part of my work is to really live those internal compartmentalized, bold, audacious parts out loud. And, um, and it can be really off-putting. I had a, I remember a marketing woman I work with was, she was like, people either like get you or they're like, not like not in, like, it's very polarizing, (laughs) but I, I love that because, um, I mean, I think that we owe each other boldness and I want to connect with the people who had the courage to have the bold conversations with themselves. And I really love that about our conversations, both as friends in the water and also um, in working together. It's like you do have that honesty to just say it which I've mm-hmm. really enjoyed witnessing. And even in our most recent container, one of the women I'm working with is coming to work with you, which I love. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think we have very similar, we got some similar pieces floating around. So we're also water women too. Yeah. Which I like that we both share that part. So yeah. thank you for sharing that story with me. Of uh, And I love Vermont. I uh, have a couple of friends. My friend Allie lives out there and it's a special part of the world. So yeah, it's so beautiful out there. Another, I I don't know, Allie, but everyone in Vermont, like you hear about someone at some point. Um, so I've been, I know who she is, but you know, Erica Luna Moon, who's mm-hmm. a good friend of mine. And she just moved to Vermont, but she's the one who convinced me to move to California. And then I moved to California and she moved to Vermont. But I love it out there. She's fucking talented too. She's got some big gifts. I love her photography is is like mystical and like there's a lot of people trying to do feminine portraits, but like she does perfectly captures like the wild essence of the feminine without trying. Yeah, she's yeah. so good. Yeah. I love her. One of my favorite photos. Yeah. Cool. Well, I want to hear a little bit about so. You know, I feel like one of my things that I share and what I live by and share with people is just do what feels good. Just do what feels good over and over and over again until you find something you like. And then if that doesn't feel good, figure out what would feel better. And that's sort of how I view life and purpose and all of that. And I just kind of wanted to ask you, because when I personally never had the idea that I would be a coach or be a mentor, it sort of dropped in. It wasn't an initial thought. It wasn't like a dream I had early on or anything, but I just kind of did what felt good. And then I landed in it. And I'm curious what your journey was like, like when you decided that you wanted 
to work with women? Like when, what was that like? Cause you obviously have so many parts. And I want to say too, I was going to say before about we, everything's so counterintuitive, like how you were saying that we think that we should keep these parts of us down. And I just wanted to comment on that because we, that's what everybody wants is boldness and more you and more of that. And then all of us as humans are like, oh, we shouldn't be that part, but you bring them out. And it's so incredible. And I just wanted to comment on that piece. Too. Yeah. Thank you. I'm happy to answer that. And I also think that on the, the boldness part, I um, I want to give a concrete way of understanding like why we compartmentalize the boldness, which is um, back in the day, I talk a lot about obviously we've been in my program right now and I'm speaking a lot about the village and mm -hmm. the values of a village and um, how we existed, how we took care of each other. And, but one of the downfalls of living in a village, which we used to live in back in the day when we were, um, there was, you know, we would travel around was your survival depended on being accepted and belonging of a village. Because if you were ostracized, mm -hmm there were fucking saber-toothed tigers and there was no heaters or homes. It was really harsh climates and temperatures. So um, I think that a, a really old part of us, because we're only ever making choices and actions from 5% of our cognitive brain, there's 95% there driving us. And I think part of that 95% is this space of but what if I really say the thing that is inside of me or I'm super honest with my partner and what happens? And I think on the other side of that, to be ostracized from the village meant death. Literally, mm. it meant death. And there is an understanding and a reworking of ourselves where we get to learn that through taking those little compartmentalized parts out, that's actually the way to create intimacy and connection. Like if you're having bad sex in your marriage, you got to have some honest conversations. You don't need to buy fucking lingerie and sex toys. You just need to start having more honest conversations. I don't like it when you do that. I need yeah. more foreplay. Um, I get stressed out about this in bed. And so I know we're going on like a bit of a yeah. tangent, but, <laughs> Love it. Love it. but yeah. it's like, there's, and I also think that the very gifts, our unique contribution, our why, our purpose to have that conversation, to know why we're here, to know how to create a business and what we want to do, we have to first know who we are. But yet we compartmentalize who we are so that we can survive. And so what I want to say to everyone listening, if you compartmentalize parts of who you are, um, is actually through the courage and the boldness to show those to the world that I think that we find our lane, our purpose, and the intimacy and the connection that we really want. So there's no saber tooth tigers. If your whole village and community ostracized you and your family, you don't need them anymore. You're a grown ass person. Um, you're good. It's you could reinvent yourself a million times. You get on an airplane and go to Spain and create yeah. a new village. So just I think that that's like the big piece of the permission in the belonging is I'm really realizing as well the evolution of my why is around fulfillment and meaning and we don't get fulfillment and meaning with little parts of ourselves in boxes. And so if we exist in relationships or careers, or we have to put those parts in a box, maybe it's time to seek different experiences where, um, I mean, those are the treasures of who we are, those little yeah. squiggly, scary, like parts. So anyways, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And it's so funny because as you, say that 
I'm like, yes, being all parts of yourself, letting those parts live, that is connection, that is realness, and that's fulfillment. And I'm thinking about it's there's layers. I think about it in layers, right? Because we have, at least for me, there's places where that feels really safe. And that's in my relationship, like mm-hmm. to my partner. And in that relationship feels the most safe to do that. I'm like 100% bold, 100%. You can ask him. It's like, if he puts the cup an inch over to the left, I'm like, Hey, that I don't like it. You know, anything is kind of fair game in conversation. And then the next layer is friendships where it might be like a little bit less, but the big layer of being bold in the world, like online, in a book, there's just so much risk in that part of us that, you know, was thinking saber-toothed tigers. So I'm just, it's so interesting because I think about it with layers and how can we bring more of who we are in those safer relationships where there is less risk or we feel more safe and be that much of who we are everywhere. Because even in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's a risk. Mm-hmm. But knowing that it it is more connection, it is more fulfillment. And I still think that I have a little ways to go um, in that way, like out in the world, on the podcast, in the Instagram, in my emails though, in my emails, I'm all of me, <laughs> Uh huh. but then they get a little diluted on the Instagram. It's really funny to think about. Well, and there's, I mean, there's risk too. Like there is risk to degrees of transparency and honesty. Like once you have the honest conversation, it's all on the table. Right. And so I think that we're a part of us is also always assessing and do we have the capacity for what will happen if we have the honest conversation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there's a lot of, but yeah, it it's a, uh, and there's marbles in the jar, you know, there's definitely safer places. You have to be attuned to, is this a relationship where there's enough marbles in the jar that I can bring this squishy part of me? Mm-hmm. You know, I had a moment a couple of years ago where Uh, For anyone who's thinking that like once you find your purpose or create a business that you just figured it out and it's a solution, like good fucking luck. Like, you know how many times I end up feeling trapped in my business and I'm like, all of it has to go. We got to burn it all down. And I was having one of those moments where I felt trapped in my business, ironic. And Louise Hay, the author of You Can Heal Your Life, she talks about if we feel trapped in the situation, it manifests as feeling depressed, feeling stuck, feeling like there's no ways. And I had a little panic moment where I was launching Your Truth is Your Medicine and I felt trapped in the launch. I was like, I'm feeling like it feels heavy. It was a year program. I was like, this is a lot. I'd had 500 people come with me on the journey last time. And I have three friends in my life that I was comfortable bringing that to and saying, I'm having a moment where I'm feeling trapped and depressed and I teach liberation so I can't do this. And I brought it to Mark Robes as one of my humans. And he was like, Yana, everyone feel, everyone feels fucking trapped. Everyone has moments of feeling depressed. Anyone in my life that is highly achieving has fluctuations of every kind of human emotion. And he just said, like, what is it? Why? And I had felt into, we've talked a little bit about this. I think good art and good choices are made from our 50%, which means what feels aligned for me? 
not what do my clients want, what do they need, but like what feels good for me. And I I left my 50% and I agreed to a couple of things in the structure of my business for the next year that didn't feel good. And so I identified them and I integrated them and changed them and everything shifted in how I was feeling. I just had to have the courage to be like, it meant a lift. Like my whole team had to pivot. It cost a bunch of money, but I wasn't feeling aligned. And so I think that there's a degree of, I don't know what, where this was coming from or the piece, but there's a degree of um, being in conversation and allowing those shifts and truths and pieces up. And that's where it was coming from. Who are the safe people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, there's certain things that I do not share with the world on Instagram or in newsletters or with acquaintances where I have my, as Brene Brown says, our marble jar friends, and I know who they are. Mm -hmm. And there's other parts of me that I've integrated enough that I can teach in the world that feel comfortable. But um, I think it's okay to have a degree of titration in what we share with the world, but you know when it's time to take that piece of truth out that is uncomfortable and have, as Gay Hendricks says, the sweaty, uncomfortable conversation. And in those moments, it's leaning into whatever is going to happen on the other side. And if it blows up a fucking friendship or a marriage, like, great, great, blow it up, detonate it, you know? (laughs) Like, we're so afraid, like, what if? I'm like, the truth of who you are fucks something up. It's not something that you want to be in. Right. So... Yeah. There's layers. I want to agree with you that there are degrees. Yeah. That's okay. It's not like we have to be a hundred percent transparent. It's really actually, I've experienced that in um, Encinitas with a group of people where they were like, I was at a barbecue <laughs> and I was sitting, we were talking, there was a group of us and some guy came up to another guy and said, I'm going to go home because I'm not feeling resonant or connected to the people that are here in front of everyone. <laughs> and I was like, no, not that. That's no, yeah. you have a private conversation. Like not that. So there's right. degrees. There's degrees of it where you're like, okay. Yeah. I think that's such an important piece because I talk to people a lot about that. Like I work with some clients and I think that we have pressure with ourselves to be all of it, like to be all of who we are or to be in our truth or whatever we're teaching to like fully mm-hmm. be landed and I actually shared this on the podcast that came out last week. I'm like, I teach alignment and I don't like where I live, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. we have to understand that, yeah, like we're all, when you were saying that, I'm like, yeah, we're all in our human and it wouldn't be right. I think that there's this piece of feeling like we need to be fully transparent but there's just this truth that yes, not everybody's perfect. Yes. If you do teach this, like it's not always going to be fully aligned in your life and that, and then we get to choose what we share with the world. And I think that's such a good point of, we know when it starts to feel uncomfortable to hold inside of us, but I also just like permission for anybody. Like if you teach relationships and your relationships failing, that's okay you still know things, you still have things integrated that you can share with the world. And I think often in my work, I'm not sharing my own personal experience every day, but it's more like sharing through what I know. Like I'm just a conduit for other people to experience things. And there have been times where, 
you know, I might share something about my relationship and maybe that morning we like, you know, weren't feeling like the best, you know, our hundred percent day, but I can share it anyway, because it's something that's integrated. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, we don't have to be, yeah, we definitely don't have to be hundred percent transparent too. It's yeah. like, no. it's a, when is the honesty openness needed? Relationships are so important because we're not supposed to live alone in houses. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's so un- unnatural and foreign, like we're meant to live in a village and like a relationship is like a mini fucking village. It's like yeah. fucking salvation. You like cook together and do life together. Yeah. <laughs> Relationships are a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of learning. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that today though, because I think that when we're single, we really do have that individualism and I think that we we really need to resource and cook meals and sit and wake and do those things that we would do together in community. And so a, a relationship is like a mini kind of tapping into that piece that we know is important mm-hmm. if it's the right relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That reminds me of when I was living in my house in the woods in Vermont by myself, I would kind of try to convince people to move in as roommates. <laughs> So it's like, I can't do this. I think I was letting people live in my house for $400 a month. I'm like, anyone who wants to come live with me in the woods, please, let's cook together. I can't do this alone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a part of us that is like, we're meant to be with people, you know? Yeah. And me- I think the beautiful part of individualism is that we do know who we are now and we do have, you know, there's beauty in us going from village to that piece, but still resourcing connection from community is really important, which you're really good at. You've got a good community and I feel like you're pretty good with your LA space or maybe that's, yeah, from the outside, it feels like that. Yeah. So, yeah but, mm-hmm. yep. LA is one of those places where you really have to be very proactive mm-hmm. um, to, to be in community. Somebody who I worked with once called LA the city of isolation. And I think about that all the time because it's so yeah. busy. You kind of have to, be really proactive and fight for community here because people are so busy and so spread out. Yeah. But I try. The yeah. little version of me who used to live in Burlington, Vermont, and like wants this tiny little community. I'm like, how can I have that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're all in that conversation of like for me, the farmers market is one of my communities. And mm-hmm. I you know, I, I make an effort to know everyone's name and to connect with them. And, you know, and it's you know, they feed me. It's a little bit different than I buy eggs and chicken and things from them. But yeah, there's a real, that's a big question mark. I think we're all trying to figure out right now is how do we get resourced in the way that we need? And because it's really a caring for, you know, there's a part of us that feels connected and cared for through living and existing and being known and knowing that there's hunger for and what you said about isolation feels true for most places in the world because and i keep saying like on a large scale i'm like listen what drives an economy individualism and capitalism you achieving and making the government money and buying your own house and buying your own car and having your own things but then you're alone Mm -hmm. in your house and it's like the American dream doesn't have the fulfillment or the meaning of community. And people, I especially think about parents, you know, like being, I was at a, at a parent blessing of a, a friend of mine last week. And she said that the first moment she had when she realized she was pregnant was panic because she was like, we're not meant to raise baby alone. And I have, who's my village? You know, yeah. like it was grief 
not like there was a grief that hit of, you know, we used to pass a child around and that child would be shaped by the stories and energy and presence um, of a hundred people. Yeah. It's so interesting, the whole living alone thing. And Chris and I have been talking about um, partially we've been in the moving process. So we've been looking at houses and looking at things and I kind of looked at him and like, what about roommates? Like, what if we moved in with Mm -hmm. like a friend again or friends? And I, it's funny because we have these stories. We're like, okay, we're, we're here in our lives. We've had some sort of backwards. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, Oh, this is, this is it. Now we live alone. And, And the house just keeps getting bigger and it's just us. And we have more rooms for our stuff. And I miss connection and people and, I was thinking like, how fun would it be if we had like a really big house and there was another couple in it or there are people. And I think it's just so important to look at, you know, what the way life is supposed to be and look at, well, what do you actually want? Because I look at some of my best memories and experiences in life and there's tons of people around. Like I love, love, love having someone in the house Mm -hmm. and having more energy and it's just interesting. I don't think we will end up with roommates, but, but it's good to think mm-hmm. like somebody who I know there's a couple raising a baby and their best friend lives in the house. It's like, we can actually do these things. You don't yeah. have to be alone. And we can even feel kind of alone or kind of isolated in our relationship. I'm like, it would be so fun to have more energy around even for a little bit or for mm-hmm. the summer. Yeah. I mean, I go work in coffee shops and like, don't talk to people. Cause I just want to be in the energy of people. We talked about this yesterday. It's like, I feed off of the energy, but I don't want to like necessarily talk to them, but it's nice to have people around. So as long as the, the, the relationship with roommates can be harmonious and boundaried around privacy and space and quiet, and there's not like some serious enmeshment codependency, like roommates are great. Um, it can be a version of a village, like exactly what you're saying. I love that. And I love this convo and we totally sidetracked from our, I'm going to go back to my question that you asked me, which was, um, when did I, do you remember what it was? Should we Yeah. I said like, what was your journey sort of like? So my journey was really, I just kept doing what felt good. And then all of a sudden being a coach landed in my field. And I'm curious what your journey was, was like to get to like mentoring and you work with a lot of really awesome. I'm one of them, but some like badass, (laughs) really awesome women. So yeah, I want to hear a little bit about. Yeah. I mean, the, the conversation that I've had with my work over the last, it's been about nine years, I think now is a constant evolving, changing piece. But I think we all have a, a moment in our, our heroine's journey where we just go, not this, not this mm-hmm. anymore. And those are continual. And I, I even had a call this morning with a client and she really thought the salvation was just figuring out the perfect business model, the perfect. And I'm like, no, it's an illusion. But my first, not this moment. I mean, I think that we always use our gifts even when we're in the wrong career. Mm-hmm. And my friend Boyd Vardy beautifully says, what just happens around you when you're not trying to do or be anything intrinsically, organically, what happens in your presence? And no matter what job I've had from 14 probably onwards, I've used my gifts. 
but there's a subtlety to it, right? Working at McDonald's, you wouldn't be like, oh, you're using your gifts, but no, I like, I gave the essence of who I was in everything that I've ever done. But there became a point in my journey where it just wasn't enough anymore to fill a coffee refill up for somebody and ask them how their, you know, breakfast plate was. And you just hit a point of that's enough. And Mm so I had a couple of different iterations of that. The very first one was when I was living in Edmonton and I loved how you led with that embodied story. And so I just to share, this is such a visceral moment for me in my journey. It's kind of what feels like the precipice and the starting point was bartending until 4 a.m. and selling condos. And I was, I would work until on the weekends till three in the morning and then wake up and go in a suit to an office and sell these condos in this building for a developer. And I remember I was sitting in the desk, it's on like 104th Street downtown, and I was wearing this pinstriped suit from Aritzia and it was too tight in the shoulders. I still like remember how it felt just being like, oh, and I had these like white pinstriped pieces and I had an Americano um, from Starbucks and I fucking hate Americanos from Starbucks to this day because it just reminds me of a life. I, you know, when you throw up off of something and you yeah. can never, like I had potato and leek soup as a kid and I can, like, I can remember the strands of leeks. That's how an Americano feels because this moment was my, I can't, it was like cold and curdly. It probably had two sugars, some half and half in it. And I remember just sitting this, drinking this fucking coffee in this fucking show suite. And it was like 3.45 and I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. I can't. I don't like this city. I don't like living in in the prairies. I don't like, um, I just felt so fed up with the very limited way that I was experiencing giving myself to this world. And I picked up the phone and called my mom and she, I just said, I'm just going to change one thing. I'm just going to shift one thing. And I I know I want to live in British Columbia. I know that I want to be in the trees. So I think I'm going to just move to BC. And I had met with a a filmmaker probably four months prior and had a conversation with her. And she was like, just sell condos and bartend in BC. But she she said something similar. She was like, let's just shift something in the Mm -hmm. experience. And, um, and I said, can you reach out to her and let her know that, you know, um, does she have any contacts for bartending or serving jobs in British Columbia? Very random, you know, but you know, who's in our village, who's a resource. And at that moment, a woman walked into the show suite office who, when I was done in 15 minutes and I was checked out of this version of my life, this job, I did not want to help this fucking woman. And she was also not a potential lead to make money off of. She was my, my business partner that I was working with his client. She'd bought a unit at this, um, property on White Avenue, which was about a 10 minute drive away. And she came in and she's like, I know you're almost closed. I'm just visiting. I'm from out of like out of the province. Is there any way you can walk me through my unit before I fly home? And integrity is my biggest value. So I put on a hard hat and I drove over to this unit and we were walking through and one of my gifts and one of the things that just happens around me when I'm not trying to be anyone is there is a degree of openness and safety. And so she began to share about her father being sick. And that was why she was buying this unit was to be closer to him and to take care of him. And she started to share about having this little cabin in BC. And she was like, I don't really want to rent it out, but I don't know what to do with it. And, and I was like, 
I was like, where's your cabin? And she said, it's on the Sunshine Coast, which is where Deanne Whalen, the filmmaker I'd had that conversation with, lived. And I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> um, and I just went, you're not going to believe this, but I literally, you know, when you walked on, I was just telling my mom, like, I really want to move to BC. And the developer I'd been working for had um, not paid me. They owed me like 10 grand. And so again, there's always reasons why we cannot change our life, right? I was like, oh, I'll wait till I get that 10 grand and then I'll go. Mm-hmm. And she she knew about all of it. And she just looked at me and she's like, I would love for you to live in my cabin. And you can even live there like rent free until you wow. get paid by this developer. And I didn't end up living in her cabin, I want to say. I went and looked at it. Wasn't my vibe. Um, mm-hmm. But I just needed a yes from outside of myself. I needed a really subtle, this will work this way, right? Mm. This come this way, come this way, yes, this way. And that was it, you know, that was the the nudge from the universe. And then Deanne Whalen, when my mom called her, um, she said, well, yeah, I can get Yana a bartending contact, but she wants to be an artist. So like have her come intern with me at least part-time. And, having a mentor outside of you that is having the boldness to live their truth, especially Dee, who is an award-winning filmmaker. She's been like, you know, nominated for Gemini's. She sat in rooms with Netflix. And when they haven't allowed her to share the whole truth of her story, she said, no, like she has so much integrity as an artist. And I couldn't think of anything better to do. And those little minor encouragements when we have the boldness to put our truth out loud are things to really listen to. Mm. Like if you say, I want this and the universe starts to roll out a red carpet into a new experience, like you fucking get your ass on that red carpet, like get, get on it. And so, um, so good. Yeah. And I led with writing. Writing was the primary is, is still people ask me what I do. I always say I'm a poet first. Mm -hmm. Um, coaching has been a byproduct of living honestly in this world. And I think I've always helped and supported and been with people. Um, And with that being said, coaching kind of naturally happened because I wrote for Elephant Journal and different publications who, um, so the Cole's Note version is I put my life in a little car and I moved to a tiny cabin in British Columbia and began this journey, I think it was in 2000, the end of 2013. Um, And I had all kinds of things happen. I got pregnant. I had an abortion. I had all kinds of reasons to not change my life. I had all kinds of blocks and pieces that I overcame in the heroine's journey. Um, And I, I think the resonance of my writing and having pieces that had 2 million views was also really encouraging of like, okay, people want my stuff. It's helpful when people want your stuff. And then as I started to talk more about my life, because personal development and professional development is so important to me as an individual, I ended up spending, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I, I responded to every single comment or message. And I would spend sometimes four hours a day responding to people. And they would send me their questions like Cheryl Strayed, Dear Sugar. like, and I, and I eventually, I remember being super broke as a writer, being like, okay, like people want to be mentored, but like, I can't do this. I can't keep up with this. And so a friend of mine said, just charge like 120 bucks and mentor people. Um, 
And so I, I waded into those waters and mm. I've worked with freaking everyone. I worked with a family system for a year. I've worked with teenagers on being bullied. I've worked with lately a lot of really gifted Renaissance women who are multifaceted and creative, but, um, yeah, it was a, an evolution and continues to be an evolution. Um, and I do agree with you. It's listening to what feels good. It's listening to what makes us feel alive to where we feel that deep fulfillment and meaning and just going like, yes, that, yes, mm-hmm. that more of that, more of that, more of that. Yeah. And in, in, you know, there's the, the universe is going to give us all kinds of red carpets to different parts of ourselves, but I think it's, a large part of my work is boldness, but also the courage to evolve. You know, that's mm. why I do the why work is I'm like, listen, there are so many ways you can give your purpose. So many what's, so many iterations. And I feel like the secret reason I do the why is I want women to feel concrete and grounded in themselves and to hold on to it, but also to be able to know that they can evolve infinitely in this world and are therefore safe to be this evolving, resilient creature, which I think that we have to be if we're going to have a business or, you know, do anything. So, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I just love the way I love that you're a poet first or a writer first, because I love the way that you state things and say things so clearly. And the, how you said, like, we just hit that point when that's enough. And I'm seeing this little like container where at the bottom of the container is us going, Oh, this doesn't feel good. What would feel better? And then the top of the container is when, when we hit that enough point and I feel so much resonance to your story. And it's so funny. I don't know if you know this about me, but well, I, I used to work in restaurants, but I coached snowboarding, but I also, I got my real estate license in California. And that was one of my like, no moments. I was doing real estate in Tahoe and I actually never was working in it. I was just um, getting my license such a, I mean, I could tell this story forever. I basically went in to apply to be an assistant for some guy, had no attachment to getting the job at all. And I went in there like with my attitude and myself. And I was pretty much just like, I'm great with people. I know how to build a house. I've bought two houses. Like, come on, you know, I'm like, I get it. I get it. Like, I was just, and he even asked me a question in the interview. He was like, how would you describe? Like, it was a super thought out question. And he was like, here's my answer to the question. And I just looked at him. I'm like, how long did you plan that answer? And you're just going to ask me to come up with that on the spot. And I just came in like, so kind of spunky with him. Not giving a fuck. (laughs) Didn't give a fuck at all. And instead of being his assistant, he asked me to partner with him and work with him and be the buyer. And he'd be the seller or whatever, you know, the whole thing. And I had this moment when I was living in Tahoe, I was living out of my van and I had my clothes in a storage unit and a steamer, like for my clothes. And I was 23. So I, all I wanted to do was like jump in the lake and be barefoot. And like, I was not ready like to do that. And he had like $75 million listings and $35 million listings that I was automatically just going to get 3% of his seven or, you know, automatically come in. 
And I remember driving in my van in Tahoe, the most beautiful place in the US, I think, and just felt so empty and Mm -hmm. so depressed. And that was one of my, one of many of my, like, that's enough. And I left and I traveled for the summer and I didn't do it. I still think I'm like, I could have just stuck around. (laughs) 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 We got like a million bucks and and then I could have left, but I hit that thing. And then I guess my red carpet moment was my dad called me and I had worked under my dad a lot. He's a contractor. And I called my dad you're funny because I'm like, I always call my mom or call my dad like all the time. And he was like, oh, I'm building this house this summer and it's this really big project and I need help. And I was like, I'll help you. I'll come home and I'll manage a project. And I took the red carpet moment and I left Tahoe, but so good. The red carpet moment and the moment of enough, I can pinpoint so many of those. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. I wonder, um, I also love that you were got in charge of 30 and $75 million <laughs> pieces. I also like, I don't know about you. Did you actually ever sell any of them or like talk to people? I went to a couple of the open yeah. houses. So I would, you know, talk to some of the people, but I never actually, like, as soon as I got my license, I was like, I'm out. I can't do it. But I, I went, I went to the open houses and the guy was so cool, right? He was like 99% aligned. I love houses. I love construction. I love flipping houses. Mm-hmm. I love real estate. My mom was an agent. The guy was from Vermont. He was super cool. He wanted to start a stand-up paddleboard around and show people property. Like it was so cool, oh, right? Yes, <laughs> this yes. is great. I'm 23. <laughs> this is so cool. But yeah, it was just like so deeply. Not I this. knew. I'm like, I don't want... And this has been a huge thing in serving, waiting tables, coaching, snowboarding, real estate, pretty much anything. I'm like, I don't want to be the one to sell people the house. I want to buy the house. Like, I don't want to schmooze people. And that might be my conditioning. I was never allowed to be a cheerleader because my dad didn't want me to cheer. He wanted me to play the sport. But I have this part of me. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I want to come to Tahoe and buy a house for myself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If I want. (laughs) Well, sometimes centimeters can feel like miles, you know? Mm -hmm. I also, I also, when I was selling condos, like people would come in and be like, well, why would I buy this condo for $300,000 when I could buy a house in the South side of Edmonton with like five bedrooms for 200 K. And I'd be like, I would literally close the door and be like, go buy a house. Yeah. Like, I don't fucking care. Like, I don't want you to own this condo if you're like, not gonna. Yeah do it. But, um, yeah, I love, I love that. And I love that. I love that you listened, you know, and at some point maybe you're like, well, it could be for me. I feel like, I don't know if I go back. Yeah. But just, I, I think that it's, you know, it's like the guy that is perfect on paper, you know, and there's all those like check marks and you're just like, there's no Spock, like yeah. Spock, where are you? Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter what it looks like. It matters how we feel. Mm-hmm. And that's the big piece that I think we're, when we go from the mind into the body, it's like, it doesn't matter. Um, it's so interesting because even doing the why call with people, it is such a mind thing, but it really matters how it feels to us to give ourselves in this world. And I've been feeling into that a bit with, with service and contribution of like, 
yes, be aligned with your why and your purpose, but also it has to feel good, you mm-hmm. know? And if it, if it doesn't, that's the, that's the indicator. And I remember having a really subtle moment, another carpet, well, not really a carpet moment, but just had a strategist pitch me something. And I, I physically took my laptop and I hurtled it across the room when I read it. And then I did it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're talking about like earlier on your call of those moments, I no longer, because we can just blindly listen to people in our business sometimes because we're like, you're the expert, you're the thing. And I made a bunch of money, but it wasn't fulfilling, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, how does it feel? How does it feel to, to be in? And also sometimes we have this ideation of what it'll feel like in a projection. And then we get in and we're like, shit, this is not what I thought it was going to feel like. Yeah, um, And that's okay too. Then, then you just do something once. I know? think that's such a, that's such a big piece too, of when we think we want something to be a certain way, or we like paint this picture and we're like, this is it. And we, and we have all the conversation around it and we build up and we plan. I always think that is the thing that like fucks people up the most is that we put so much into something, so much expectation and we're so attached and we get in and it doesn't feel good, but we say anyway, because of all, because of what we thought it would be like, and to walk away from that is so courageous to go like, oh, I have this perfect thing in front of me mm-hmm. and I don't like it. So I'm going to walk away. A hundred percent. And I think that that's like, that's the biggest piece I've been learning the last four months is I don't tell women anymore. Let's start a business. I'm like, mm-hmm. we're going to make a fucking product. One product that you're comfortable doing for four months of your life, not the rest of your life. And you're going to do it once and you're going to see how it feels. And if you like it, do it again. You might not like it the second time that you do it and then do something different. But this space of just being realistic that I think so many people don't start and don't try. We spend so much time in the like doubt, insecurity spiral of like, what's the right thing? Am I certified enough? Am I imposter? Am I? It's like all that goes on. And I'm yes. like, you guys just like do it. Just like go and do it because Am I imposter? Know it feels right. Yeah. Like so much energy is wasted on this projection of either our insecurities or everything that we want. Like I thought when I published my first book that I was going to be on Oprah and never work again. I projected everything onto that experience. That book did really well. I think we sold 9,000 copies, but you know, we have to be careful with thinking it will be the golden key of the experience. Yeah. And, and I, when, I, when I say with people, I'm like, mm. could you be comfortable doing that for four months of your life? And they're like, oh yeah. And I'm like, cool. Cause like you might hate it and it might not help people. And yeah. so that kind of realism for anyone who gets in the loops around starting, it's like, get over the insecurities and have the experience all that time wasted on the projection of this could be it or like is there something that's more it it's like you can look at a lot of dudes on tinder but until you actually go on a date like you're gonna know fuck all about the experience and so it's like that space too of until you know how it feels you you won't know and so you can spend all this time looping in what's the right choice what's the right idea what's the right thing just choose one tail and put it on the donkey, you know, mm-hmm. or like, I don't know if that's the right way to use that yeah. metaphor, but <laughs> <laughs> I got it. No, that's yeah. so, it's so good. What you just said though, is like, 
stop what I got from that is like, stop thinking that like anything is going to be the gold key to your life because nothing, I mean, you know, sure. You might look back and go, that was a pivotal moment. That was great, but nothing, right. It's like the whole presence and gratitude is really all we want. So if we're really operating in presence, there is no gold key. Just keep try things on, give yourself permission. I think that's so big because I mean, we do that with everything, a relationship, a whatever, a car. It's like, this is, this is going to be the one I'm going to love it. And one other thing, when you were talking before about the real estate, when people were like, why would I buy this condo? It's funny with people's, how do I say this? It reminds me of when I coach, right? Sometimes I help with business stuff. Sometimes I do business mentorship, but I like backload it. Like I don't advertise myself as a business coach. And it's really funny because I had somebody ask me recently, I'm like, I've owned like tons of businesses. I'm a great resource for businesses, but I don't front load it. And somebody asked me, they're like, oh, as a life coach, can you help me with my business? And I was having this moment of why don't I share about the business side of things. And it's because if somebody, people have come to me wanting to make a business work. Mm-hmm. And if I can tell that it's not really the thing, I don't have it in me. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, you can't come to me for business because I might convince you to get a job. So I really don't know. But I'm like, if if all the pieces are there and it's really it, I'll be a business coach. <laughs> but only yeah. if all that happens and Maybe one day I'll figure out how to put that on my website. Well, <laughs> example in a relationship sense, I know it's a little bit different, but I, I like your integrity there is so Gay Hendricks does couples coaching and he did couples coaching with somebody. I won't make, I mean, I worked with him for two years. So he's working with this couple and he saw them for three sessions. And at the end of it, he was like, okay, well, I'm done. They're like, what do you mean you're done? And, you're, and he was like, I don't think this is going to like work. <laughs> <laughs> and and one of the people said, well, like, would you work with me one-on-one? And he was like, yeah, I'd do that. But like, I don't think this is... So I think Amazing. that, you know, and we don't want to like squash people's dreams and like, obviously sometimes, but if I we don't, don't feel energized by it, if we're not, here's the thing. Sometimes yeah. people come to me and their business has a problem and they're doing everything that I would tell someone to do. And I'm like, I don't know why your book isn't selling. Your Instagram looks sexy. You've got good photos. Your highlights look good. Like... I don't know how to help with that. That's not my genius zone. So it's less of like, this won't work. And um, I don't have the experience or the wisdom for this particular piece, you know? Mm. So I don't even even tell people like, your idea is not going to work. It's just like, I don't, I don't think that I can help that work differently, you know? And I also like, I front load with people. I'm like, I am not a 10X your business coach. Right. Like you were in my business program. Like we did, <laughs> we did cold plunging. Yeah. One of the, the women was like, someone in her, in her family was like, what does cold plunging have to do with business? And I was like, we're fucking, we're witches. Like this all has to do with business. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you can teach, I think we get to teach business however we want it. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I have such a hard time, even with like tasks with my assistants, like I don't, I give her personal and business stuff because I'm like, it's just me. Like, I don't like ordering like next card for my dog and like a booking a ticket. Like 
I'm just, it's me in the yeah. world, you know, like I don't have like, oh, this is my business and this is my personal life. And so I think as a coach, that's also how I approach things is, yeah. I mean, it's all interchangeable and in pieces there. So yeah, I love yeah. that. So good. So good. It's the energy piece for sure, which is just funny. So good. It's so good. Cool. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit about just because recently you helped me name my why or whatever my why is right now, which might not be the golden key. It will change and evolve. Um, but that was a really fun experience. We met at a spot in San Diego and chatted for an hour and mm-hmm. figured out my why. Didn't figure it out. We had to both sleep on it. And then we came back and it really came in. Um, so mm-hmm. I just want to share about that a little bit because I know a lot of really your work that you're really lit up about right now is that helping people name their their why and figure out what their unique contribution is to the world and my why I'll just share it we can talk about it and I think I shared this possibly in the in the first episode of the podcast too but it's really helping people build firm trust in themselves through self-advocacy and self-expression and it was really fun because when we talked about it, it was really great because you're like, okay, and then what does that do for them? I'm like, no, that's it. And you're like, what does that do? I'm like, no, that's it. That is it. I know we said no golden keys, but like that is the golden key. Here's mm-hmm. the exception. That is the golden key to life. And in, in my hallucination of it is mm-hmm. when you trust yourself and understand yourself and understand the way your nervous system works and understand why you are the way you are in your relationship, right? You understand yourself and you have trust with yourself and you're able to share that with the world. I believe that you can do anything. You can lead yourself through all of the experiences that you need to have in the world. And you helped me figure that out <laughs> in As such a beautiful talk- way. We were talking, I got all the goosebumps and the feels. It's so It feels so true. You know, mm-hmm. it just feels really... that feels true to me in witnessing you and hearing you work with people and like it feels right and and uh and it's good to anchor into the concrete it can be a little gold key to anchor into for sure and i'm never gonna forget and i mean obviously it was one of the highlights that somebody else shared in our closing of the the program we just did which is can i share the the line yeah yeah Yeah. so as jade and i were talking and i said like what just happens around your like what's a superpower and you just shared that you've You've never walked into a room and felt insecure or compared yourself, no matter how beautiful and sparkly the woman around you are. And I was like, oh my God, it's like such a a treasure. Um, And I mean, I get walk into rooms and feel insecure and have those little pieces that I'm healing. And it was just so, um, such such a gift that you have that and such a gift that you can I mean, as much as the why, the why is important, but it's 85% embodiment. And the mm-hmm. fact that you are that when you walk into a room and have that confidence and firm trust in yourself um, is embodied inside of you, no matter what words are coming out of your mouth. So when you bring in, you walk into a room, you're, you're giving that in your presence, which is amazing. And then you can blah, 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 blah. We can say the words, blah, 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 blah. but like, it's like, it's here, it's all happening, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so I love that that's there and that that's been there. It was one of my favorite, favorite moments, I think in us talking and it felt like, it's just like a zing. It was like zing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love 
I love that piece. I really loved being a part of that, that process with you. Yeah. Thank you for being a part of it. And I, I think it's just so like for people listening to, I mean, it, our gifts in the world, and I don't know what you probably have your own way of saying this or sharing it, but we usually don't know what they are until we like sort of say them out loud. And I've been living with that my whole life. And you're probably the first person. I mean, who just walks around and is like, yeah, I've never <laughs> compared myself to anybody. I never had the space to say that. And when I shared it with you, then I was like, oh, that's that's a gift. That's a thing. And it's just so important to speak your stuff out into the world, like share your stuff because we can make up all the stories or try to think of how are we impacting people or what is my thing or what do people need? And we have so much living inside of us and having somebody to share that with or a mentor or a human or a friend to safely enough be able to share that stuff, I think is so important. Yeah. I'm like, and it's good to like love and celebrate those parts. Mm-hmm. We need more people who can also be in celebration. Um, you know, it's like, we all are like, be modest, but like, fuck that, like yeah. love and celebrate that shit. You know, like yeah. it's a, it should be a celebration. Um, and the other thing I want to say to anyone who's listening, who's like, what the fuck are my gifts or my unique contribution? I'm actually gonna be doing a big free event, which maybe I'll give you the links and sharing this, this totally. month around that. But I just want you to know that without naming it, it's already happening around you. Like it's already, when you walk into a room, it's there and it can help the mind to have words. It can help the business for the marketing, the storytelling, but don't be so stressed out because you have gifts that you're using, even if you're not aware of what they are. And so there's a beautiful part of recognition with the mind in naming it so that you can hold it in a physical, tangible way. But I always lead the why call the, the I call it why is Simon Sinek. So I call it your unique contribution or purpose or dharma or life's work. And when I always lead that with, this is not going to be new information that we find today. This is going to be a recognition inside of something that you have lived for your entire life. And, and that's how we know it's the right purpose or the right contribution is that we're like, yeah, yeah, that. I already do that. Of course I do that. Yeah. Yeah, I am that. And what's beautiful is no matter how you give that, you're giving it already. The that is the product or the business model or the whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's like, just, you're already that. Yeah. That feels like a warm hug to know. It's like, cause the the language is so hard. I mean, for me and for a lot of people and it feels like a warm hug to know. It's like you don't even, even if you don't ever figure out the language, it's there and it's yeah. existing and you don't need the language. That's really good. I feel like so, so many people, including myself, it's like until I can figure out and articulate it and write it mm-hmm. in a thing, I'm not really it. So I love that. Thank you, you for sharing. You did that today on a Y call with somebody. They were so fixated on it being, and I was like, listen, like, let's just, I know that this is like part of what I do and why you signed up for this program and it's important and blah, blah, blah. But like your mind cares about this. Yeah. Like that's it. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a, and I mean, we're always in iteration. So it's, it's really like, we want the answer to know what our why our contribution is so that we feel peace and ease inside of ourselves. And 
it's also, yeah, it's there. So I know that I just hope that could be comfort for people. And I'm, I'm getting ready to actually give that process away for free. Uh, yeah, why don't you? yeah, I'd love to share. And um, as I'm, I'm thinking to do kind of Esther Perel, like, where do we begin? Where I obviously I've done events where I have like a thousand people live on a call and I'll pull someone forward and I'll coach them. And I live for the experiential transformation. So I'm thinking to actually do the why process live in my podcast that I'm going to be launching. And I have two book deals, one of which is I want to just give this away. Um, and we can get so worried about our tools and how we make money. And um, I had a my friend Ike Fontaine said something beautiful. He's like, even if you give your process away, people will always want you, you know, mm. you're the fucking thing. You have the unique gift, the energy, the thing. So for everybody who's listening and gets like a scarcity around a process, like fucking give it away um, and know that there will be new gifts and ways that you can give yourself. So as part of that, I'm going to do a, a an event where I beta and test doing my visualization and some of the worksheets live in a group to see how effective it is. It is a test. Therefore, I don't know how well it will work, but I think people will get into this conversation and at least begin to um, have the recognition inside. So no matter what, we're going to arrive somewhere beautiful. And I'm going to pull people forward and maybe refine with a few people as well. Um, and so that, I don't have the dates for that yet, but we're in the middle of this week of lining that up. So Jade and all don't know when this comes out, but I can send this your way. Um, and that's on the radar. And then I'm also, if I can share launching yeah, a, a one year, um, I'm not sure whether it's going to be called Renaissance woman or life of meaning. I'm still floating between the titles, but I've just been feeling into that need for the village and the need for four months was beautiful, but there is a type of trust and softening, I think, that happens with time and longevity. And so I'm in this mode of um, less people, more magic. And so my version of that is going to be taking 15 women on a one-year kind of mastermind journey where we focus on Yes, our gifts, our businesses, and being a space of strategy and sounding board, but also who we are because we're a woman behind a contribution and a big gap that I think we're so hungry for. The favorite session in my mastermind group was the painting archetype session because Mm -hmm. I think we're hungry for stories. We're hungry for art for art, not for content or marketing emails, but just art for the fucking sake of art. And so I'm going to weave those three pieces into this one year experience. There's no curriculum. I'm just going to be hanging with the women. Um, There's going to be a quarterly one-on-one call with me to help refine parts of their personal life or creativity or business. And, And then I'm shifting to do corporate retreats and workshops and I'm going to be doing a lot of work internationally this year, working with um, executives and C-suites, which which feels really good as well. Um, And so I'm refining and changing, evolving, following a different red carpet. And, uh, And the whole why of that is about creating a life of meaning and fulfillment right now. Because, I mean, I'm not a 10X year business coach. We've already talked about that. But I do think that we want to 10X our business because we believe there will be fulfillment and meaning in that. And it's just that, how can we do that now? How do we have that space now? And what does that look like? So the purpose, the why of that program is going to be finding meaning and fulfillment in our work, 
in our relationship with ourselves and in our creativity and others. Um, and um, yeah, I'm not sure. James Hall has had a book called A Life of Meaning. So I'm just feeling into whether I'm going to call it that. So I wanted to share those are the two ways. And then my books, if you're like, mm-hmm. I want to just get to know you, my books are a great place. They're on Amazon. And um, and yeah, Jaden, thank you for the generosity of your time. I really enjoyed this dialogue and um, I really love who you are in this world and all of the work that you're doing. And uh, yeah, it's been so nice to be in so many different spaces and times together the last I think year and a half been a year and a half two, two more year. yeah longer okay <laughs> i'm always like i've been in california for three years it's been six so that probably <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> yes but um yeah thank you so much for having me too i really appreciate it yeah thank you so much for coming on it feels like such a gift to just experience you and your words and to sit with you and just really the confidence and boldness and purpose that you bring forth in the world is such a gift to see and receive. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, please share on Instagram and tag me. I can guarantee it will make my day to hear from you. If you want to stay in the loop for future episodes, make sure to subscribe And as always, if this episode made you think of someone you love or you know someone who would benefit from listening, please send it their way. You never know how you can impact someone's life. Until next time.